energy correspondent based in Brussels. If you're new to MLEX's podcast, then welcome along. And if you've been tuning into our previous podcasts, welcome back. Today, we're going to be discussing air quality, and in particular, pollution in the policymaking capital of Europe. As UN Environment Ministers meet in Nairobi this week for the UN's Environment Assembly to discuss pollution and forest protection under the theme Towards a Pollution-Free Planet, it's another day of heavy traffic and poor air quality here in Brussels. But one environmental law firm is trying to change that. Last month, Client Earth's legal action against Brussels came to a head in a court hearing here in this city. Brussels is failing to uphold the air quality laws born in the city, the firm argues, and while the city has tried to pass the buck to national authorities. Joining me now is MLEX intern Isabella Alves, who has been following the case. Hi, Isabella. Hi, Laurel. Isabella, a lot of people listening today will be reminded of how the issue of regional and national air quality has become quite infamous over the last couple of years, since 2015, when uh, Dieselgate um, came to the fore and Volkswagen's use of emissions cheating software. What's the link here between Dieselgate and the case we're talking about today? So with Dieselgate, as you said, it was all about emissions cheating. And this is similar to the Brussels court case because Client Earth's chief complaint is about improper emissions testing. So with Dieselgate, it was all about software being used in the lab testing that kind of got around the reality of the actual emissions being um, emitted on the road. And so with Brussels, the uh, emission monitoring system isn't accurate according to uh, Client Earth because Client Earth is saying that the monitoring systems and monitoring stations need to be at least 25 meters bounds of a crossroad and in the most trafficked areas in Brussels like Rue de la Loire and Belliard, which are just high traffic congested areas because the monitoring systems now, according to Client Earth, aren't in those high congested areas. So the numbers that are actually being read aren't really the reality of pollution in Brussels. There's a link both ways there. And can Client Earth really make a difference here? I mean, what's their track record? So their track record is best demonstrated in the UK. Uh, Client Earth is currently suing the UK government over air pollution for a third time. It already had two successful runs and it won. So this most recent time centers around a similar complaint that we're seeing in Brussels about the timetable and needing actual figures that can be tested from these um, air pollution uh, quality goals and quality game plans, so to speak. In Brussels, um, Client Earth's chief complaint was that the game plan was too generic and it couldn't have a proper impact assessment. This is similar to what's being seen in the UK. And Client Earth already won twice and it's anticipated to win again. In terms of its third challenge. So even if it hasn't quite got what it's won so far in the UK, despite being successful, they're really not ready to give up. Yes. Okay, great. Let's look now um, perhaps at the international context here. I mean, air quality isn't just an EU issue. It's a global issue, as we mentioned at the top of the podcast. So how does Brussels' air quality dilemma tie into Europe's UN-level commitments in terms of tackling global warming and the UN Climate Accord? So this really kind of goes back to the Paris Agreement and the two-degree pledge to keep temperatures below that two-degree climate change mark. And so also the commission came out with a figure that 
400,000 people die prematurely a year because of air pollution. So this has a global impact and this also has you know, a life or death impact for many people. The air that they breathe needs to be safe and if it has toxic nitrogen dioxide fumes in it that are, Klein Earth said, is 2.5 times higher than the EU um, legal limit, then it's killing people. Yeah, something that we've looked at before actually is the challenge that policymakers now face in terms of they need to tackle both carbon dioxide emissions to decrease um, carbon output and, and tackle climate change, but also tackle air quality as part of that and public health, because this is a public health issue, as we've, as we've discussed here. Um, so, Isabella, what's next for this court hearing? When, when's the judgment? Is there any feeling on the ground yet following the hearing as to how this might play out? So the judgment is anticipated to be on December 15th, which is a month earlier than Client Earth originally anticipated. And this also comes after the judge in the tribunal court denied Brussels' extension when they wanted to bring in the Belgian federal government. So basically right now in the court case, there's the Belgian um, federal government and the Brussels regional government. And so when Brussels was the original plaintiff and they wanted to bring in the federal government, asked for an extension, which the judge denied. So this gives a really good indication that um, client earth is going to be successful because the judge is already denying Brussels' attempts to prolong um, the case. Great. Isabella, thanks so much for speaking with me today about this issue. Thank you. If you'd like to read Isabella's story on the legal battle between Client Earth and Brussels, you can find it on our website. Head to mlexmarketinsight.com, click on Insight Centre, then click on Editor's Picks. I'm Laurel Henning. Thanks very much for listening to us today. And be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts for more from MLEX soon. Mm-hmm.